1: Welcome to hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show, final hour of the week. Catch the podcast, 9890answer.com, theanswerdayton.com. I've really been looking forward, as I always do, in my Friday conversation with Jack Windsor of the Ohio Press Network. Follow Jack on Twitter, at Jack Windsor. uh, Because, uh, Jack, i got to believe you, uh, like me, were outraged yesterday by the way that Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, in congressional testimony, were badgered uh, for their sourcing on the Twitter files and were painted as enemies of the state because they dare try to shed uh, a full bright light on things like COVID and government censorship and the like. That had to resonate with you.
2: Oh, it absolutely resonated with me. I mean, let's, let's make no mistake. You had Chuck Schumer standing up in, uh, in the Senate room essentially saying, look, um, Rupert Murdoch, do not, do not play any videotapes. on january 6th don't let us see what
1: really happened don't let us see a portion of
2: what happened yeah so you know it's not it's not shocking to me um and you know i'm tired of kicking this dead horse but you know i want to remind listeners that uh you know the same thing happened to me yeah and not the same thing but you know mike dewine essentially canceled me effectively yep um because he didn't want me asking hard questions about masking and vaccines and those types of things so um we shouldn't be surprised that we should be outraged um because look if a free press does not work, and when I say work, meaning they're not prohibited from finding facts and reporting facts, if that doesn't work, this whole experiment that we have called America doesn't work.
1: Yeah, and the problem is we uh, now have it attacked from within and from without. It's attacked by government agencies. It's attacked from within by other journalists. Yep.
2: it is. It is. You know, if you're not part of the narrative, you know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day you're constantly swimming upstream and there's no shoreline for you to go grab onto and rest it is a, it's a constant battle um but you know what what's the alternative because if you if you quit and you give up then there is no hope uh some days it feels bleak um but we'll see listen 2024 is an important election cycle oh, because things have to change If they don't change, I don't know what kind of world my daughter is going to grow up in.
1: Yeah, amen to that. Jack Windsor, our guest, theohiopressnetwork.com. I I am a subscriber because I want the real story. I want true information. I don't want it shaped uh, by the wokesters out there that uh, proliferate throughout media. Follow Jack on Twitter, at Jack Windsor. All right, speaking of that very important election in 2024, uh, this is not news really, but uh, Frank LaRose spoke at CPAC. We've always thought Frank LaRose was going to run. You have a story on your site about Frank LaRose in a Senate run. Uh, What are we hearing or thinking or uh, 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 inferring from what's going on with him?
2: Yeah, he said, I'm giving it a lot of thought, no announcements yet. I'm weighing it. I'm looking at it carefully considering it. It's something that I think uh, it's clear that Ohioans want to replace Sherrod Brown with someone who actually reflects their values. Um, so, reading between the lines there and reading the tea leaves, uh Frank Larose is going to announce I think at this point, if he were to announce this early uh I think that's just that just makes the race that much more expensive and oh, by the way, this is going to be an expensive race. Matt dolan is already in who is independently wealthy and uh can fund a lot of his own campaign. I think that you 're going to see Bernie Moreno uh, step into this race, and that one that he may be the dark horse here uh, by the way, i know you 're not asking me for predictions no that 's great. The scuttlebutt is that uh, you know he may get a Trump endorsement, and uh, if if he does, uh, he, he some insiders I've talked to tell me that he has the inside shot on this race for the Republican nomination.
1: Really? Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, well, uh, I would I would love that because I really think highly of Bernie Moreno. I think he's phenomenal, and we'll just have to stand by and see. I mean, we know Matt Dolan's got deep pockets and he really wants it, but um, uh, he would not be my first choice. For that. Now, speaking of uh, state politics, uh, you had the chance on a recent podcast with our Salem uh, media colleague, Bob France in Cleveland, to uh, speak with Derek Marin, uh, the man who should be speaker but is not. We'd have a very different general assembly going on if Derek Marin were the speaker. Did he shed any light on what happened from the time he was promised the speakership by all the GOP members? of the Ohio House and what really transpired, which is Jason Stevens partnering with Democrats to, mm-hmm. I believe, compromise with the teachers' unions and Democrats to backdoor and backstab Derek Maron.
2: Yeah, and this will sound like a shameless plug, and I don't mean it to be, but we wrote an article, uh, I think it was January 2nd, January 3rd, titled uh, Bipartisanship or Betrayal. And what is laid out in that article is a lot of what Derek Maron reiterated uh, you know essentially, they didn't like how uh, things went. they being Jason Stevens and others who by the way, are backed by groups of people who didn't want uh, the legislative path that would have transpired had Derek Maron won the gavel. make no mistake about it. there was going to be conservative legislation on these social issues. And uh there are a lot of people with a lot of money who don't want that to happen, Bruce. That was the essence of it. The question I wanted answered, there were two that I really wanted answered. And and I said, Derek, why did they do this? And he said, power, you know, somewhat money, but power. This is about power. It's mm-hmm. about power structure. And the other question was, was there a deal? Because Bruce, we've talked about that on your show. How did Jason Stevens get thirty-two Democrats to side with him uh to be speaker? And Derek, I think, navigated it carefully. He said, I, I'm not going to say there was a deal, but there was an understanding. And the understanding had to do with education choice. It had to do with redistricting. It had to do with, um, you know, partnering to get some things in the upcoming budget that would be favorable uh, to the Democrats. And the biggest one is this resolution that would require a 60% vote. To pass a constitutional amendment, that was part of it. They they, they didn't want that to go through the Democrats. That is, uh, because that would have stopped them from putting an abortion amendment mm-hmm. uh, on the ballot. And there it is; they've got a running start doing that.
1: Yeah, right we're going to get to that in a second. But I want to I want to probe a little bit on the school aspect of this. It's clear to me that uh, Mer- that uh, uh, Stevens uh, aligned with Alison Russo, the leader of the Democrats, and the teachers unions. And the promise that he made was, look, we're not going to do true school choice. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're going to, if we do anything, water it down. I won't advocate for it. I won't get behind it. And it's infuriating to me, Jack, as I watch Arkansas do it. And Matt Mayer Mm -hmm. uh, of Opportunity Ohio made a great point yesterday. You know, the Democrats now, the teachers unions now are feeding this lie that Ohio can't afford it. They got a, some nonpartisan group to say, oh, it's one point something billion. Can't afford it. Can't afford it. And Matt made a great point yesterday. He's like, it's too bad Ohio is not as rich a state as Arkansas, right? We've got Intel. We've got the Honda plant. We've got the second most money bet on legalized sports gambling in January. Mm-hmm. A chunk of that is supposed to go to education. We can't afford it, but Arkansas can.
2: Yeah, it's really uncanny, isn't it? How, how they divide these issues to try to conquer one of them. <laughs> um and if I remember correctly, I think Ohio has a 3.5 billion dollar surplus yep. in the rainy day fund. Yep. And so you have these industries coming in and you're, on one hand, you're touting these jobs, right? Thousands of jobs paying 130 to 150,000 dollars a year. And then you have all of these other uh, subsidiary or sundry jobs and opportunities that will show up. And we're pretending like we're, we're not going to be collecting tax dollars and that we're not going to be prospering. And then you've got the Honda plant coming in. And, you know, we're investing in infrastructure that Jason Stevens has a, several bills that uh, are designed to create, uh, I don't know, these economic Communities throughout the state, so it's interesting to me that you know the argument is we don't have money, but then you have a Republican governor who basically says, "Hey, I've lowered taxes, and the Ohio economy is going to be one of the top economies in the in the country uh, over you know over your lifetime." So yeah, those two things don't equal out, do they?
1: No, they do not. Jack Windsor is our guest. He's with the Network dot com. Follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Windsor. So you mentioned that one of the fallouts of having Jason Stevens as speaker is that we're not going to get uh, protections for the Ohio Constitution requiring 60% of a statewide vote to change the Constitution. And that is big when it comes to the uh, pro-life nature of Ohio. Ohio has the heartbeat bill. It's been stalled by an activist judge in Cincinnati. But uh, now there's uh, language... Uh, that's going to be on the ballot about uh, basically codifying abortion rights into law in Ohio. What can you tell us about that language and uh, things that we need to know about it?
2: So um, a little bit of background. Um, you know, the the process has been started. The language has been handed over to Dave Yost. He has approved it. So now it goes to the ballot board and they basically decide, are there two amendments in here or is there truly one amendment? Uh, and then this group has to go collect about 413,000 signatures across 44 counties. Uh, and get at least 5% of the latest gubernatorial vote in each of those counties where they collect signatures. So they have a running start. Now, to your question about language, I'm gonna read this verbatim because I think it's important. We got, we're running, um, we got
1: about 30 seconds left.
2: Alright, so every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, including but not limited to decisions. On contraception fertility treatment continuing one's own pregnancy miscarriage care and abortion every individual has a right to do all of those things this is a very broad bill and then it talks about advancing the individual's health not protecting the mother's life but advancing health so under those two umbrellas um you know up to nine months of abortion and probably lgbtq plus yeah. transitioning can be protected
1: exactly that's it that's what they're doing they're trying to hide the ball uh, and again it's just so disgusting people who don't tell the truth or want the truth told. I know that is not. That is what you fight against. That is what you fight against. That is not your approach to hiding the truth. Jack, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on.
2: God bless you, Bruce. Thanks.
1: Really appreciate Jack Windsor coming on the show. I value his perspective because uh, he's the kind of journalist I admire. There aren't many of them anymore. And that is to the detriment of our country, for sure. Will we get to the point where the pendulum will swing so far one way and uh, then inevitably bounce back? I sure hope so. If not, we're not going to have the country that we all grew up in. That's for sure. I was going to say the country we want, but eh, the fact of the matter is half the country doesn't want that country. Half the country is too silly to really grasp the significance of giving away freedoms, like freedom of speech, like freedom of thought, free exchange of ideas. They're too silly to see, too simple to see, that doing that will eventually lead to a day when, oh, you used to be on board with us, but now you're not. Guess what? All those things we did to the evil mega Republicans. Oh, Biden was talking about the evil mega Republicans yesterday at his speech in Pennsylvania. Someday the people who are now on board and perfectly fine, seeing conservative silence targeted, they'll be the ones who are silenced and targeted. Now, we're not perfect. I've never contended so. I never would contend so. Yesterday, former Ohio House Speaker Republican Larry Householder was found guilty of, Of orchestrating a $61 million bribery scheme. Good. Good. When people who are entrusted with the privilege of representing voters misuse that privilege, they should pay a penalty for that privilege. The penalty Larry Householder will pay, and former Ohio Republican Party chairman Matt Borges, too, is apparently a long time in prison. They both face up to two decades in prison for orchestrating a racketeering scheme with First Energy where they got millions of dollars. It was laundered through 501c3s and dark money groups. It was a scheme, and it should have been, and thankfully was, exposed. I have no problem admitting that. I have no problem admitting that. Democrats hold this up as like, oh, see, your entire party's corrupt. Well, obviously not, because... <laughs> There were Republicans in power when this happened, and they didn't look the other way on it. And he went on trial, and he got found guilty. So the system worked. The system worked. My objection is when the system doesn't work. And when COVID happened, okay, we shut down. I get it. I remember thinking, "Mm, this looks scary. Maybe it is a movie come to life. Maybe we need to cower at home and not go to work. And there really is a killer virus out there. But after a little while, you're like, hey, I don't know. This doesn't seem like all these measures really have any grounding in fact. And besides, are we worthy heirs to the people who won World War I and World War II? Or are we just going to take somebody's word for it that it's too dangerous to dare venture out? And we're going to just sit at home and give away all our freedoms and let the government take care of us forever. I got there pretty quickly. A lot of people never got there. A lot of people still aren't there. In San Francisco, they just recently passed a mask mandate. Just recently. I mean, come on back to the real world, please. But yesterday, two journalists were in Washington, Matt Taibbi, and Michael Schellenberger, and they used to be on the other side. They used to be, in fact, they probably would tell you they still are Democrats. They haven't moved. Their party's moved. Left. Left of left. Because their party's power brokers now, Biden, Schumer, Pelosi, on and on and on, Hakeem Jeffries, they don't believe you're capable of watching Videotape of January 6th forming a view of January 6th that is anything but a 100% endorsement of the fact that January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War, right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, you disagree? Mm. Well, nice Twitter account you have there. Be ashamed if something happened to it. And it did happen to it. A lot of people were blocked on Twitter. A lot of people were deplatformed. A lot of people were demonized and still are being demonized because of the fact that they just believed in an open, free, honest exchange of ideas. Nobody used to argue about the importance of that. Now we have people not only arguing about the importance of it, but getting very, very, very upset If you don't agree that some viewpoints just should never see the light of day, it just should never be out there. Now, there are some things that should not see the light of day. And one of the things that should not see the light of day saw the light of day yesterday in Franklin County Common Police Court. They were having a murder trial. And as they often do, they played video at this murder trial of... Antoine Phillips, he's accused of uh, murdering Jamie Fulton, a 35-year-old, on May 18th, 2021. Uh, Don't remember the circumstances of the uh, murder, but it's heinous. The video shows the accused beating his girlfriend and then leaving her body lying on Westerville Road where at least six vehicles ran over her. So the point of contention in this murder trial has been, did he intend for cars to run over her and kill her? Should he be found guilty of murder in that case? Or should he just be found guilty of the domestic violence and he didn't really intend for her? So they decide they're going to play video of his interrogation in court. Except... That nobody apparently watched the video they were going to play in court before they showed it in court. And on the video, Mr. Phillips is asked about another crime that he committed. Whoops. Whoops. Another dropped ball by the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office. Yet another dropped ball. Court cases often take a long time to get started because they argue about, they did this in the Murdaugh trial in South Carolina, they argue about the admissibility of past acts. Because if you let the jury know that, hey, this person on trial has done other bad things in the past, what would that cause the jury to do? They'd think, well, this guy's a bad guy. Obviously, he's a terrible guy. We'll just convict him if he didn't do this, he did something else. I don't like this guy. So they don't allow just willy-nilly past acts in. So, you gotta watch the tape before you show it, Franklin County prosecutor. Man, what a clown show this is. So, it's a mistrial.